It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Kane is in the building. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, we got Benny Bonsignor on the show today. We'll get to that conversation in a little bit. I kind of picked his brain about Cleo Mack and that defense, how we're going to see Justin Davis and John Kelly fill in this week and a few other questions I had for him. So stay tuned for that just here in a few minutes. Before we get going, guys, don't forget to go give us a follow. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, hit the subscribe button. Share with some friends. I want to welcome in all of our new listeners. If you don't know by now, it's five days of Rams content. Your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Guys, go check out the other shows we have. Go give us a follow on social media at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Rams Podcast, all accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. Go follow the network's accounts. We've got the Locked On NBA Net and Locked On NFL Net, two great accounts on Twitter and Instagram. They're putting up all the hot stories from around the league. They're always sharing your boys' information about the Rams because obviously we are the hottest team in the NFL right now, even though... I think I saw some power rankings that had us at number two, and that's fine. I don't care about the national media or what they're thinking. All I care about what's in that locker room, Sean McVay and the guys, what their beliefs are on this team, and I bet they think they're the number one in the NFL. So I'm good with that. Just a reminder, Thursday's episode is brought to you by Tom's Urban. If you guys haven't checked it out, go downtown L.A. It's right across from the Staples Center, not too far from the Coliseum. They've got an amazing happy hour, and then they do a late-night happy hour as well. 50 U-Pours on the second floor. It's amazing. Go check them out at Tom's Urban backslash Locked On. Go to the link, even if you live in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yep, big shout-out to you out there, Cody Brown. Go click the link. See what it's all about. I want to help support everything we got going on here in the show. So uh, I appreciate you guys for always being a big support. Keep supporting all these ads that we get. They help us get more. They help. All these great advertisers that we have also help connect us with more listeners. And then obviously we, we go up in the rankings. We're going to get more and more cool stuff. I've got a giveaway I'm going to work on. I think next week uh, we did the Hover Helmets live at our event. I've got one more. So maybe I'll give it away for all you guys uh, that are international or spread out across the country. Give you a chance to participate and win something, you know? All right, guys, with that said, I'm going to jump over the interview I had earlier today with Vinny Bonsignor. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday's edition, Serena Morales, Hype Edition, getting you ready for Sunday night football in Chicago. Oof, going to be a good one. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Enjoy my conversation with Vinny. All 
Alright Rams Nation, we are back. This is the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, so you know what that means. we got Vinny Bonsignor with us. Guys, make sure to go give him a follow on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor, and check out the coverage he does for The Athletic LA. He writes for them, puts up amazing stories about the Rams, so uh, if you haven't checked that out, go do it now. Uh, Vinny, welcome to the show. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, kind of a scary win, almost, I guess you could say, for that trap game out in Detroit. They ended up coming away uh, in late in that you know second half, really pulling away. But what was the what was the feel of the team? Uh, you know, I know every win's big, but uh, coming off that win on the road, kind of it's always been a weird circumstance. But uh, a win's a win, right? A win's a win, and uh, you know, first of all, um, you know, you gotta tip your cap to the uh, Lions, especially defensively. Um, you know, they, they did some things that, uh, that, that gave the Rams, um, you know, some problems. So first and foremost, you know, got to give respect to, uh, to Matt Patricia and, and the Lions. But, you know, I mean, one thing that as even as I was going to the stadium, I'm, I'm on my way to the stadium and I'm just thinking to myself, um, one thing that we don't account for a lot of times is the realness of going um, back east to play a football game at a one o'clock start East Coast time. Right. Um, the fact is, you know, everyone's body is still on 10 a.m. time in Los Angeles. It means you're getting up, you know, at 4 a.m. your time as opposed to the 7 a.m. Uh, you're getting up to, you know, start getting ready and get on a bus and head over to the stadium. So I think that, you know, not to make too many excuses, but I think that um, aspect of it, I think the fact that they did have, uh, you know, the long layoff, you know, on the bye week, which was a good thing for their bodies. But it can it can throw a little bit of a rust, you know, onto you. And then their their practice schedule was was hampered with a little bit last week because of the because of the rains. And 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 you know, again, not to make too many excuses, but you talk about a Lions team that's really not going anywhere, having to to get up for that team. Um, there was probably some of that going on as well. So all of those things I think conspired rust a little bit over overlooking the Lions, the time difference, um, the bye week. Um, I think conspired a little bit against the Rams, but as Jared Goff said, we still scored 30 points and you know <laughs> won pretty handedly at the end of the day. So, uh, so uh, if you're going to have a bad game and still be able to put up 30 points and, and cover the spread, you're probably a pretty good team. Yeah, I said, I said that same thing earlier. We we're kind of having a little bit of a rant earlier in the week about some of the things we weren't happy about, the way they came out, all those things, and and then we kind of stopped and said. You know, they scored 30 points. Like, we, we get a little ahead yeah. of ourselves when, you know, when you have a team that's only lost one game and you're trying to find some negative things about it, you start to get a little overcritical on things. But then when you step back and look at the big picture, you're right. You put up 30 points. And I think I saw a stat. I don't have it in front of me. It's something we talked about earlier. But in the Jeff Fisher days out here in L.A., at least, um, I think he only had like one or two games over 30 points. And now all of a sudden we get 30 points and we're not happy. So uh, I guess you can never win when you're doing so good. You want to just dominate at all times, especially against the Lions when, you know, we thought that was going to be a cakewalk uh, from the beginning. Again. And, and when I say we, I mean the fans as far as being on the outside looking in at the matchup. Uh, but that wasn't the case. And I think it's a good lesson coming out of the bye as being like, look, no game in the NFL, especially on the road, is going to be easy. Sean McVay only has two road losses in his career as a head coach, which is just insane at this point. Uh, We'd like to see him continue that because, obviously, we got another road game this week in Chicago. Uh, Do you think the Lions kind of laid out a pretty nice game plan for for the Bears to follow as far as uh, defensively against this offense? 
Um, yeah, probably. I'm sure. I'm sure the the Bears are are gonna you know uh, uh, scurry over that tape and scour over it and and try to you know lift some some things that the that the Lions did did pretty well. Um, uh, and they do have personnel um, that can that that that's going to be able to uh, to give the Rams, I think. I think uh, offense some problems, but I think it was a, you know, the, the wake up call that, uh, that resulted. And I, I just don't see Jared Goff having, you know, another, you know, game where he's not, not quite uh, as crisp as he usually is. I think that, uh, I think he'll probably be better, but yeah, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to look at that tape and, and probably steal some stuff from it. That's great. Uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to take an early break here. We're going to talk more about this Bears matchup. We're going to talk injuries. We're going to talk Tlaib's return. All that and more on the other side after a couple quick words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Vinny Bonsignor on the other side. All right, guys, before we get over to the next segment, you know what I got to talk about. Yes, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but we're talking about Tom's Urban. It is the spot to go if you're downtown L.A. and you're going pre- or post-game to anything. It's a jump shot from Staples Center. It's a swing pass from the Coliseum. They have a happy hour Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m. Go check it out. And then they also have the late night happy hour which is from 10 p.m. to close Sunday through Thursday same deals anything that pours is half off you got to go check it out they've also revamped their whole food menu and believe me they have amazing food we were there on Sunday just eating wings and their pizza is awesome there they've got a bunch of amazing things go check it out is the spot pre and post game for events down there by LA Live ask Harrison about the you pour section on the second floor that's 50 taps of self-service pint possibilities that's right 50 taps upstairs they also have margaritas and Moscow Mules on tap. It gets dangerous, but it believe me, in a good way. For more information on our special, go to tomsurban.com backslash locked on. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we're back. We've got Vinny Bonsignor with us. We're talking all things Rams, the matchup coming up, uh, injuries, all that. And as we talk with injuries, let's start with the guy we got back, Tlaib. Uh, me and you talked about this, and McVay hasn't been big on a snap count type of deal, but he did kind of open up and say that he was going to watch Tlaib around 30 snaps, I think. And I, I'm just going offhand here from what I thought I saw was he got to about 26, 27 snaps. I don't think he hit that 30 mark. 
Uh, but what was your impression on Talib's return uh, last week? Well, I, I actually liked what I saw. And um, one of the things that I thought um, the Rams did a little bit more of with him on the field was uh, a little bit more uh, blitzing from, um, you know, uh, positions that we didn't haven't normally seen blitzes from. Corey Littleton got a sack on a, on a blitz. Um, there was, I believe, a safety blitz or, or a slot cornerback uh, blitz um, at one point um, that, 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 you know, uh, did pretty well. So I think that, you know, when you go back to uh, some of the things that, that um, you know, that Wade did uh, in, in, in Denver uh, with the luxury of having two premier, you know, shutdown cornerbacks, is it helps to free up people to blitz because you feel like I've got cornerbacks that can handle guys one-on-one. I don't, you know, I can, I can take a guy out of the pass, uh, you know, coverage um, uh, concept and you, and be able to, to, to use them in blitzes, great pressure. So I thought that you saw that effect um, when, when Salib was on the field and he looked pretty good in coverage. He almost came up with an interception actually. So uh, I liked what I saw. Uh, the best part about it, if you're a Rams fan, uh, and I and I spoke to Akeem briefly after the game. He thought, said he felt great, and that's the number one uh, thing right now is is his health and keeping him healthy so that he's going to be available uh, more um, as the season progresses and obviously when they get into the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. That that is a big thing, and I, I'm glad you kind of reported that because I hadn't heard really from him directly how he was feeling, and so to hear that he's doing well, uh, you know, it means a lot for this push. As you're talking about, you know finishing this season and going into the playoffs. And it was part of the reason where there was that silver lining when he went on the IR and, you know, he, he had spoke uh, weeks before he came back and said he was getting ready, but uh, that we were going to get him back healthy and for the push and not have to worry about that. Those day-to-day injuries where maybe you, you know, the IR was a good thing, I think in a sense, basically you put him on the shelf and you just go, Hey, look, go get healthy. We'll bring it back. We don't have to do, oh, he's out another week or, you know, push him back and forth. And uh, But another injury that we did have was Malcolm Brown. And, and I was critical of Malcolm mm-hmm. Brown in, coming into the season, and he's changed my perspective big time on him. He's been a great blocker. He's been a great fill-in for Todd Gurley. I think he's got two games where he's actually outrushed Todd Gurley. Uh, he's had a couple really big plays as far as that one I can remember where he was tiptoeing down the sideline and made a great play to get in the end zone. And then on special teams, he's played about 36% of the snaps on special teams. He's been a huge for us there. He's out. It sounds like he's going to move to IR. Or if not, he's going to be done for the season. He's going to need uh, some more at that. So uh, then that goes to uh, John Kelly and Justin Davis, some names that we've been talking about for a while. Uh, we've seen a little bit of Justin Davis in the past. We haven't seen much at all of John Kelly other than the preseason who should we expect to get the nod as far as, uh, you know, maybe secondary carries behind Todd Gurley? And, and who's going to have the biggest impact on that offense? Um, if I had to guess, I'm going to say that uh, it's going to be a little bit of a combination of both of the players um, and just sort of be able to take advantage of their kind of varying skill sets. Um, I think that, you know, uh, Justin is more of a north-south tech runner. Um, a lot of really good running ability. Uh, I think that, you know, if he – if he was a premier back for a team, I think that he could be pretty darn good. Um, whereas I think John Kelly, who's also a good runner, but he's a different, you know, more of a, um, you know, a guy that you throw the ball to, a guy that you use on draws and, and could pop outside. Um, just sort of a, a, a good weapon, um, maybe even almost like a third down back type of a type of a weapon. Um, but the key is, and, and this is, you know, you try to convey this to, 
you know, to readers and, and to fans because they see, you know, the good things that some of these backup running backs do. And I get it, you know, with Justin and, and especially during the preseason with John Kelly, but that job requires so much more than just the running ability part of it. Right. These guys can run the ball. That's why they're in the NFL. Um, it's the other parts that are required of a backup running back, the special teams, you know, primarily, or if he's going to be in on third downs to be able to block um, in, in, in pass uh, uh, protection and knowing who to block, you know, and picking up blitzes and all of that stuff are, all of those things are, are even more critical than just the running part of it because they can run the ball. So uh, whoever knows the playbook the best, uh, whoever shows that they can understand, um, you know, protection coverages and, and uh, or, or blocking schemes, that's who's going to play. But I think they'll coach both of them up, and I think we'll probably see both of them in, in sort of differing roles. Yeah, and it's it's right. You're right. There's a lot more than just to run the ball at this point. And it was kind of fun watching them to get interviewed today, and they were kind of you know fielding a bunch of questions about that kind of same thing, and more than running back and and they both had really good things to say about the other person, which in a weird way is not surprising to this team because of the we not me atmosphere and and everyone in that team and that building is on you know they're on one side and that's the Rams and so to see the support was really cool. No one was saying oh I think you know I I'm better for this position or no one was campaigning themselves. They were both complimenting each other, but they were talking about it. And Justin Davis talked about you know John Kelly being a rookie and saying that. You know, basically, his talent, his God-given a talent, brought him to this position. He, like you mentioned, you're you're in this league because you know how to run the football. Uh, but he did say right. he's seen him improve as far as run blocking and those things. So it's going to be kind of fun to watch these two play and see how it actually plays out and who's going to get a few more reps. Because you're right, it, I mean, it makes sense to split time. I guess the next question would be with these two guys. Who fills in for Malcolm Brown on special teams? Would one of these guys fill in there as well? Because they're, I mean, I'm looking at Justin Davis and, you know, no offense to him, but he's not as bulky as Brown is as far as going down and making tackles or blocks or whatever it may be. But do you think one of these guys will fill in on special teams as well or both? I, that's that's a good question. I actually would think that um, that Justin, uh, he's just more of a physical, you know, bigger kind of a player, whereas John Kelly is sort of a, that smallish, you know, um, you know, scat back type of a guy. So um, I'm not quite sure which one can go down and make tackles. I'm not sure, you know, which one can block on punt returns or kickoff returns. Um, there's a lot that goes into into all that, and also knowing the scheme as well. Um, but I think if there's a guy that I picture at least saying, "Hey, go tackle that guy, go run, you know, 50 yards, and go track somebody down," it almost seems like Justin Davis might have a better skill set for that, but I'm just totally guessing. I'm going to have to see, right, um, right. you know, totally just guessing because none of them, neither of them have, have, uh, have done, to my knowledge, have done it this year. So we're just going to have to see which one that's better, if any of them, if either one of them do. Maybe it's going to have to be somebody else that, that fills the Malcolm role uh, on special teams. And then kind of lastly, to kind of wrap this segment up with the whole, you know, who's going to back up Todd Gurley. Uh, I guess the the big picture is, do we need, I know in general you need somebody to go give him a breather, but do you just now see maybe Todd Gurley staying in the game more? I mean, we saw that sometimes last year uh, where he was just a three-down back and was just in there a lot. And obviously we've been able to give him some rest throughout the season through uh, some of the games that we had some leads and obviously the bye week coming off pretty healthy. Do we expect to see him just more in general, or do you think they're going to lean and just say, all right, got to figure out who's going to be the guy, so we're just going to keep that role the same. Yeah, um, I don't. 
as far as whether the role stays the same, uh, again, you know, I, I think both of them will get their shots, and there'll probably be some packages for for either one of them. Um, but they're going to have to play because you're going to have to have them play. I mean, you can't count on uh, Malcolm Brown coming back right now. Right. It looks like he's probably going to be done for the regular season. And if it's a regular season, you know, fully regular season type injury, what are you going to get, you know, um, in, in the playoffs, if he can even come back to the playoffs? So I think you have to um, prepare right now for as if he's not going to come back. And that would mean developing somebody so that there's some confidence for the player and for the team uh, when they when they get into the postseason because you don't want those bright lights to be the first time the guys are going to have to get some time in case Todd Gurley gets hurt or when he invariably has to come off the field um, because he's a little bit tired. Uh, you're going to have to have a guy back there that's a little bit experienced that you have trust in and has trust in himself because the last thing you want to have happen is a is a missed block or a fumble or you know some kind of a mistake because the brights are a little bit too light uh, just getting thrust into that situation. No, that's a great answer, and, and that's why we have you on, Vinny. We bring on the experts for the good stuff, so I appreciate that. That's a great answer, and you're right. You don't want to throw a guy in in the playoffs, and he hasn't had any chance to get ready. This is a perfect time to warm him up. It's a, I mean, it doesn't get bigger than this right now, uh, right at this point in the season, Sunday night, two really good teams out in the NFC, and um, you know everyone's going to be watching, so perfect time to kind of see what you got in these guys and they thought really highly of of john kelly when they got him i mean they got him late what the sixth round so and justin davis Mm -hmm. has been around for a few years just kind of hanging around and getting some opportunity early in the preseason and now here he finally gets a shot so uh really really excited for both those guys and i think we got like you mentioned justin davis if, if you put him on another team where he gets some more opportunity he could really be a guy and then you know we've seen everything that john kelly can do in college and some of the things he did in preseason so two exciting guys to kind of add to the roster that we've been kind of asking about uh, throughout the year. So now we finally get to see him. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside, get some words from some sponsors. We'll be right back to close this thing out. Vinny Bonsignor, Thursday, Lockdown Rams. We'll be right back after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. I'm your host, Bear Motter. We've got Vinny Bonsignor with us. Of course, it's Thursday, people. And we're moving on to Chicago. And we've got a game here just a few days away we're really excited about. It's probably uh, probably the most exciting game left on our schedule. Obviously, we got the Eagles game, which is going to be awesome. Back-to-back Sunday nights. They didn't 
flex us out of that game. So it's exciting to see the primetime games that we've gotten. Uh, Rams are 3-0 and in the primetime so far. What is Sean McVay doing to get this team ready for, like you mentioned, those bright lights? Well, number one, he has a good team. Um, you know, this is a really talented uh, team, and, and it's gaining experience as we, as we go. I could, I'm, I'm thinking of back to, to last year um, and, and leading up into the playoffs and, and just kind of knowing or wondering, you know, how the Rams were going to react to the bright lights of the playoffs. Because during the regular season, you know, they had the one Thursday night game against the San Francisco 49ers. And I can't remember them being in another primetime game. I might be just misremembering, as Andy Pettit once said, um, (laughs) on that. But basically, they went into that night game at the Coliseum. It might have been their only night game other than really, really early in the season against the San Francisco 49ers. This year is completely different. Uh, They've been in some slugfests. They've been in some heavyweight brawls. They've gone on to the big stage, uh, you know, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they played on a Monday night to start the season. Uh, they're going to play two more games under the bright lights uh, here these next couple of weeks. They've been tested. We talked about this last week, I think it was. You know, they're getting everybody's best punch. Uh, they got the Lions' best punch last week because everyone knows it's the Los Angeles Rams. They're the best team in the NFL, arguably. They got the best record in the NFL. You know, we want some of that, and teams are trying to come take some of that. And the Rams are responding, so it's just amazing to me how differently they'll go into the playoffs, assuming everyone stays healthy and everything, you know, stays uh, relatively pat, which, you know, I think everyone kind of expects it too. how much more prepared they're going to be for that moment uh, this year compared to the, where they were last year. Yeah. We had those conversations uh, the last couple of days as well, just talking about them gaining that experience. And Andrew Whitworth talked about the differences between last year and this year and kind of had some of those similar things about, you know, last year they were just kind of excited to make the playoffs and everyone's first year together and, and the expectations are just different. Uh, you mentioned the primetime games. It's that's now something that's more normal than, you know, getting to the playoffs and it was their first big moment. And you're right. They kind of little deer in the headlights to start that game. And we just could never swing the momentum back after a couple big mistakes, but um, it's Chicago this week and we're heading out and uh, Mitch Trubisky has been out for the past two weeks. He's coming back. They held him out last week and they said basically if it was a really important game or potentially even this Rams game, he would have played, uh, but he's coming back. What do you think our defense is going to do to a quarterback that hasn't seen the field in a couple weeks and kind of what's our expectation coming off a pretty good game against the Lions as you know, defensively? Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, you know, we talked about Tlaib, um, coming back and, and his impact, but another guy that I think has had a huge impact is Dante Fowler Jr. Um, you know, and I've been talking to some Rams people and just about the fit that he's been, which has been pretty darn perfect. Uh, and, and this is what they envisioned uh, of him. Um, you know, and I think it's changed the Rams defense a little bit that you could just feel him on the field. You could see him on the field. He has yeah. a presence about him right now. Uh, on, on, on rundowns and on, and on pass downs. And, you know, you go back to Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, when I hear, you know, oh, he could have played, you know, if it was an important game. And I, and I understand that, and probably so, you know, I, I believe them at what they're saying. But that doesn't change the fact that he's an injured player. Right. And it's his throwing shoulder. Um, it's going to be out there in the cold. So you just wonder, you know, how well is he? How how capable is he right now? Uh, and in those conditions, how is he going to be able to throw the ball? Um, so it's a big if right now for the Chicago Bears, and I, I'm pretty sure the Rams are, you know, understand that. So um, and it's a second year 
player, uh, relatively a rookie, still kind of a going through it um, uh, as a young quarterback. And what's Wade Phillips going to have in store for him with some more weapons to play with in, in a Fowler and a, and a Aqib Talib, and obviously Aaron Donald is just playing on another level right now. So um, it, I, I think the Rams defense, you know, I I could be wrong, uh, but I just sense that they're turning the corner at the right perfect time. Um, last week was a pretty pretty good performance by them. Obviously, Kansas City. That was just Kansas City, but but they came up with the big plays when they needed to. Right. And if they have turned the corner, or they are turning the corner at the right time, it could make for a really, really, really scary team in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. And with Mitch Trubisky, I mean, you talked about coming out a couple weeks, and it is just throwing shoulders. So expect maybe the accuracy to be a little off. And against a team like you mentioned, that's kind of you know, getting into their stride right now, it could, you know, prove to be a couple big turnovers that we could need. And, and Mitch Trubisky is also one of those guys that isn't afraid to try to tuck it in there, right? He's not, he's not going to go, let me just throw this away and, and buy another down. And that's one thing I can go back and actually say I love about Jared Goff. That guy is, is more than happy. You know, he puts it in there a couple times, but he is more than happy than throwing it out of bounds and living for another down. It's one of my favorite things as we were critiquing him over the first couple of years, uh, especially last year and this year, is that he is seems so far ahead of his years as far as you know, young quarterbacks always trying to make a play. And he knows when there just isn't a play and that the best play to be made is to go to the next down. So we'll see how that kind of plays out as we flip the, the script here and we look at their defense. Obviously, they got Cleo Mack, who gets a lot of attention, but they also have two of the top five interception leaders in the NFL. Eddie Jackson has four and Kyle Fuller has six. Jared Goff has got to be, you know, take care of the football, as we just said. And the Bears have more interceptions than they've allowed touchdown passes this year. Talk to me about what Jared Goff's going to have to go um, up against and how we're going to have to really protect the ball. Yeah, um, you know, ball security is the the number one thing. Every game, um, it's it's the difference. It's the big difference, and uh, I think they're going to have to, you know, really considering the conditions, considering you know the opponent. It's going to be crazy uh, at Soldier Field. I think they're going to have to establish a run game um, early on, um, and then I think that they're going to have to use that, you know, um, confidence in the run game and, and the attention that the Bears are going to have to play. Uh, against it to to really you know act, accentuate their their pass game. I'd like to look back to see the quarterbacks that the Bears played um, when they you know forced all of those turnovers. I'm <laughs> right. just kind of visually trying to remember their schedule. Um, I, I'm I'm going to take a wild guess and say they probably haven't played the best quarterbacks uh, this year. Um, the one that they did, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, beat them. I don't think they've played against since that first game that they played against them. Uh, their their division has been you know pretty bad um other than than themselves really so who are those quarterbacks that they were playing that they for that they forced so many turnovers against uh, not to take anything away from them because when you have a Khalil Mack and you have those two types of cornerbacks and also the pressure that they're getting from their from their other players it's a good defense um and Jared is gonna have to take care of the ball there's no question about it but you know I do wonder if this is a different animal than the Bears have faced you know all year offensively um, and, and, and we'll probably see that um, reflected in, in some of the stats and, and the score. Yeah, you're very right. I mean, you look at their division. Obviously, they play the Vikings twice, the Packers twice, and 
but some of the other teams that they played, they played the Dolphins. So they, I think that was before mm-hmm. Tannehill came back. So I think that was um, they actually lost that one in overtime. But and then they played the Buccaneers, who they they blew out forty eight to ten. They played the Cardinals. Uh, they also played the Bills, and that was before uh, you know, what's his name came back healthy. I think that was Peterman that they were playing at that point. So you're right; they have played a couple guys to really kind of collect those interceptions. But that defense can be scary. So ball protection, as you it mentioned, is, is uh, key to every game. So and Jared Goff's been great at it, and Todd Gurley as well. I mean, on the offense side of the ball, we've really taken care of that. I mean, I don't know our plus minus right in front of me, but I know we're on the plus side for sure. Um, yes. But- no with, question. Yeah, with that said, uh, my bookie, big sponsor of the show, they're, they have it at a three and a half for the Rams' favorite here. Uh, do you think we cover the spread on the road? I think that's a safe bet, yeah. I, I, I think that any more than that, you know, you know, be a little bit concerned, I guess, uh, considering, it, again, it's, it's going back to Chicago or it's going back to the Midwest. You know, after just leaving there, it seemed like a couple hours ago, um, you know, the conditions uh, – say what you want, but we just don't deal with those kind of conditions in LA. Um, so it's going to be harsh out there. Um, but I can, I can see them winning. I, you know, the score, not, you know, maybe being crazy, you know, big score, but, but doing enough defensively and doing enough offensively to go into some severe weather and, and come out with a, with, with a win, you know, and, and, and covering, uh, as well. Uh, I, I feel, I do feel good about the Rams doing that. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it was 59 degrees today, and I was freezing. And it, uh, <laughs> my bro- my family had to kind of check. It ain't gonna me. be 59 degrees. No. it ain't gonna be 59 degrees on Sunday in Chicago. I can tell you that. No, no. My brother told me he'd be in flip flops and shorts if it was 59 degrees in Chicago right now. So <laughs> exactly, uh, they would love that. It's gonna be a different type of game. And I'm with you. I think uh, I think we pull out the win here. I think we're just. It kind of goes back. I mean, I. I I think the Bears remind me of a lot of what the Rams were last year. Maybe not as good as far as talent-wise, but kind of that same thing. First-year coach, uh, second-year quarterback, defense getting better, a couple big-name stars, uh, offense likes to push the ball down the field. And I think this is their first year to kind of come on the scene and, and really just making the playoffs is the big the big win for them there. But I think talent-wise, I think we're just we're just a little bit further than them. I think as far as our team goes, I think we're farther along and winning those big games. So I see us winning. I think it's going to be close. I think we cover the spread. I, I got it as a 34-28 Rams win. Uh, but we'll see, man. Anything can happen on, on these games. I mean, with the weather and, and who knows what we're going to get with Mitch and and how our defense is going to respond after having a good game. So lots of things factor into it, but the Rams put themselves in a pretty good position to go into this uh, and go get a win. So, Vinny, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Go check them out on The Athletic LA. Get a subscription. They've got great deals all the time, great coverage, not only NFL but across the board. Uh, Check them out on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor as well. Vinny, we appreciate it. We look forward to the coverage uh, until we talk to you next week. All right, man. Thank, thank you, and uh, take care. Have a great week. Two in the air for the 
Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network. 